Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Liberal Cubicalist, which is what this podcast used to be called when I started it. What an idiot. Why do you name a podcast something that people can't even say? Lackadaisical Liberal Cubicalist. Ridiculous. Uh, anyways, this show is one in which I discuss all the media I have consumed for the reason that, if I don't, it will sit in the dusty attic of my mind and slowly drive me mad. And not angry mad, but crazy mad is the theory that I'm working under. So, uh, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, media consumption at an all-time low? No, it, it's just uh, I, I find myself uh, tending towards more of a, 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 a chillaxed, turn your brain off YouTube's binge uh, as opposed to, uh, uh, you know, serious in-depth sort of a television programs. Uh, we sort of spoke of that a little bit with regards to Sopranos, how the missus and I started watching it and just never seemed to be able to uh, get up the, 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 the drive to uh, proceed with episodes and it just sort of faded away because... Uh, uh, the theory that we had, uh, or, or that I had, and she agreed with, I'm sure, uh, is that uh, during these uh, COVID times, you know, you just want to kind of like just tune out a little bit, man, dude. So, uh, you know, that's kind of what uh, has happened. Uh, without further ado, let's get into the episode, you. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Goth Girls. Thank you for that sponsorship. I uh, should have said in my preambling that uh, the possibility exists you have not consumed some of this media yourself. So, you know, I warn of that as a possibility because I don't want to ruin things for you. No, no, no. Uh, unless, of course, uh, it's something really bad, which I don't think I have anything. No, don't really have anything bad. Uh, in this episode, so, you know, that would be a scenario in which I wouldn't mind ruining it, to save you from having to experience it yourself. Movie the first, from 1996, The Craft. Oh, remember this one? <laughs> this falls into the category, uh, and I feel like I'm having more and more of these lately, 
of movies that I assumed the missus watched in the 90s and loved. <laughs> and after having asked her if that was the case and uh, having some verification, man, it feels good to be right sometimes. Uh, I had, I did, see, I have seen this. Like I, I, I must have saw it. So it came out in '96. I probably saw it sometime around then. I, I would have to assume, and uh, remember it being interesting. And after a rewatch in the year 2021, which who would have thought that would have ever happened? A rewatch of The Craft. Uh, I can verify. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's got some interesting parts. It's it's definitely. And uh, I think we've done this a little bit lately, uh, sort of 90s uh, movie vibe, 90s teen movie vibe. And I think the fact, perhaps, that uh, uh, the Mrs. and I were teens in the 90s, uh, maybe that nostalgia is really sort of a, a, a it's comforting. It's, it's like a warm blanket. Uh, it, it sort of makes sense with what I talked about uh, with regards to uh, sort of YouTube and, uh, and just chillaxing and, you know. You know, we don't gotta watch anything that's really gonna stress our minds out. Our minds are stressed enough. Let's just chill. Uh, let me read the imda. A newcomer to a Catholic prep high school falls in with a trio of outcast teenage girls who practice witchcraft, and they all soon conjure up various spells and curses against those who anger them. Wow. Uh, this is starring Robin uh, Tooney. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, geez. Feruza Balk, Nev Campbell, and Rachel True as the uh, titular crafters, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's Is it good? Is it a good movie? Jeez, that's a good question. I would lean towards no but also lean towards there's interesting things and it's pretty crazy and, uh, you know, magic. So you got that going, which is, uh, which is fun. Uh, 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 for bulk. I feel like as an actress, you will recognize maybe not the name, at least I didn't. Um, she is a, a good, uh, as a crazy person. You know what this reminded me of a couple of times and probably particularly her performance, uh, reminded me a little bit. And it was probably around the same time. I bet, uh, evil willow from, uh, season was it six. I think that was like maybe my favorite Buffy season. Uh, uh when, when willow went evil. Yeah, that was, that was a good time. Uh, so some reminiscence of that probably because, you know, which is high school around the same time in the nineties. So, uh, rating wise, I think I'd go a four, uh, rating scale is three, uh, is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. Uh, I, I could see a scenario, you know, so let me just do some math here, which I'm not good at. So I will bring up a calculator, 1996 minus two Oh two one. So 25 years. Holy fuck. I'm old. Uh, geez, that's what I Maybe, you know what I've just realized after doing that? Maybe the one of the reasons that I actually feel young, despite being 40, is the fact that I'm bad at math. <laughs> so can't see the fact that uh, 1996 was 25 years ago. So, 2021. Let's do some further math here. 2021 plus 25. In the year 2046... While living on the moon, I assume, or in some sort of Mars base, I will 
rewatch the craft. Okay. Every 25 years, like cicada like, even though I think there's some other amount of years that I can't recall. Moving on to from 2021. So I guess if I rewatch this in 25 years, we'll watch it together with the craft. Sure. Uh, army of the dead. Oh yeah. Um, I feel like there's been a big push. Uh, uh, I've seen a lot of, uh, uh, what do they call it? Just a lot of, uh, advertisements, uh, a lot of interviews, a lot of trailers. Um, presumably, uh, this money, uh, this movie cost a lot to make. It seems like it did. So they want to get their, their money's worth and have a lot of people watch it. So, you know, that's a thing, I suppose, uh, went into it with, I think the proper expectations, uh, if I can be so bold, uh, uh, of a movie such as this, uh, which is just, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be a, a zombie movie with, you know, some crazy actiony stuff. And, uh, that's what you're going to get. Uh, is it good? <coughs> Not really. <laughs> uh, rating wise, geez. Uh, I think I would rather, yeah, I think I like the craft more than army of the dead. Uh, so just to get the rating out of the way, you know what? I go three and probably change with probably some cool four, maybe even some fun five out of five moments. But overall, you know, three-ish will go as my convoluted rating du jour. Uh, following a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, a group of mercenaries take the ultimate gamble, venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. Yeah, it's sort of a uh, uh, Ocean's Eleven meets a zombie movie-esque, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. Uh, starring, uh, Dave Bautista, who was really good, actually. Uh, his daughter, Ella Purnell, was fine. Uh, there's other people. <laughs> uh, it, it did have the, uh, something I love in movies, and I've said this before again, uh, the sort of initial building a team, uh, uh, uh sequence. Uh, I love any movie where a team has to be built in order to <laughs> complete some sort of task. That's always fun. Um, although this one was a little... Like, uh, it, it, it could have been a little more over the top. Got Tig Notaro in that, in this. Uh, she was sort of stole the show a little bit, of course, I feel like. You put a, uh, a comedian in an action movie, and I feel like the inevitability of them stealing the show is always very, very high. And Tig, sort of uh, the uh, rule to prove the rule there. Uh, yeah, it's basically just a dumb zombie action movie with the addition of ice, which is fun. Moving on to, oh, uh, from 1988, Midnight Run. Ah, going, going back in uh, time for this one, um, because of the, uh, at least from my perspective, <coughs> excuse me, um, recent passing of uh, Charles Grodin. Is this probably, is this maybe his best, best film? Mm. I would not be surprised if uh, people who are fans of Charles Grodin, like myself, put this as his best movie. Uh, I, I'm not saying everyone's going to say that. I'm just saying uh, to say that it is not too surprising. Uh, uh, an accountant is chased by bounty hunters, the FBI, and the mafia after jumping bail. Uh, the bail bondsman, played by uh, Robert Bobby De Niro... Uh, he's a sort of uh it, it, it's kind of sort of kind of sort of 
buddy cop movie a little bit, although Charles Grodin playing a criminal. Um, also very, very reminiscent of uh, uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, that, that sort of vibe. Uh, a Quest, which uh, we talk about less, I feel like, in movies. Uh, and this is more of something that comes in the uh, the book banter segment uh, because I read a lot of fantasy. Uh, but I love a quest, and and uh, and the quest here is uh, uh, getting from point A to point B with uh, unknown obstacles between you and that point. Uh, there's a time frame. Um, this is a movie I have seen for sure. Uh, although I probably didn't watch it in 88. I, I, I think probably watch it just because this is a movie that ends up on a lot of lists of, uh, you know, really good movies, uh, which I think I can verify with my rating of, jeez, do I go five out of five? Uh, you know what? Uh, I'll do this. Uh, uh, less than five out of five particularly if you are more used to modern pacing of movies. Uh, if that, uh, the, the pacing of the move of movies from 1990, 1988, if, if you, if you don't mind that, which I don't, uh, you're probably going to give it a higher rating. So, you know, convoluted rating. Yes, please. Moving on to a different segment by pushing this button. Today's game gammon sponsor is Umbrella Corporation. Thank you for that sponsorship. We are talking Resident Evil. T Wait a second. That seems like it's maybe a conflict of interest. Umbrella sponsoring this talk of Resident Evil 2, the 2019 uh, uh, remake that I just played and beat. Yeah. Wait a second. Uh, Resident Evil 2 is a game I did play back in the day. I do not believe it was a game I completed. Um, <laughs> funnily, uh, funnily? Yeah, sure. Funnily enough, uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica was the one that I sort of specifically remember owning uh, and, and playing. And I don't know if I ever beat that as well. I, I, I think that one I did just because that was back in the day. That was back in the PlayStation two era where, uh, um, if I had a game, the likelihood of me beating that game was, was, was quite high, or at least compared to these days was, was exponentially higher probably. Um, but that's sort of one of the reasons, uh, and this is all sort of uh, coming in with the nostalgia as well. I think one of the reasons I was able to beat it this time was uh, 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 because it was easier. <laughs> the controls were, uh, you know, not uh, shit. Because if you played uh, Resident Evil games in the past, uh, it's, they have something called tank-like controls. Um, which... It, it just made movement difficult. It, it, it made moving around not necessarily intuitive. It's something that you get used to in time with play. Um, but uh, with these new controls, uh, you don't have to. New modern controls is, is sort of a way you can look at it. Uh, the visuals are great. Uh, 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 probably... Uh, one of my favorite things of it is just that whole uh, uh, puzzle combined with 
uh, uh, spookums. <laughs> One thing I don't like is there was a couple of times, and I... <sighs> I guess I like it in some regards, but then <laughs> is the jump scare. Uh, and the jump scare, the worst type, is when it is... Well, you're out, you're, you're never expecting a jump scare, but it's when... And it's funny, because even on some level, I do expect this to happen. It's when you pass the same thing multiple times and nothing happens, but then you'll pass it, you know, a, a fourth time, and then something jumps out at you. It usually uh, has to do with, I think, um, as you progress and sort of pick up uh, items uh, that you need to unlock new areas and such. Uh, and it's like the game realizes you now have this, so it triggers this. Uh, fun stuff like that, yes fun but also what the fuck man <laughs> uh I, I i'm not good with uh, scary games i've mentioned this before I, in fact uh, uh just in our talk of uh, alana pierce's resident evil uh, uh uh the village playthrough uh the reason why i think i could play this without being you know too scared to play it is just because i did play it back in the day and sort of recalled a lot of uh, what happens in it. You know, you're jumping out of liquors and such, for example. Those, those little buggers. Um, Rating-wise, geez, I gotta go four, almost five, probably. Um, yeah, uh, very much enjoyed uh, and would recommend, especially if you uh, played the original yeah, yeah, you know what, that's actually a recommendation I will make. Some people might think, eh, you know what, I played the first one. Uh, I, I know the story, I don't need to play this. But I feel like they did do enough to make it worth your while to revisit it. Uh, especially if you enjoyed the first one. So, that is a rating of sorts. Of jorts. Uh, let's push this button now. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Tanuki's Suit Warehouse. Thank you for that sponsorship. Item the first, Thought Spiral, which I could have sworn I have brought back. It is definitely a high among my podcast listening repertoire. Uh, it, of course, uh, uh, hosted by uh, uh, J. Elvis Weinstein and Andy Kindler. Uh, just a couple of uh, uh, guys sitting around shooting the shit, basically, is what it is, which uh, sort of really speaks to my uh, uh, initial love of podcasts, just people talking about nothing. Um, you know, sometimes there's some focus. Uh, they'll answer uh, uh, questions from the uh, the audience. I have submitted... Uh, Jeez, uh, I uh, might be into the double digits now. Uh, a, a number and uh, seemingly like my questions enough to uh, appear on the show, which is uh, nice and fun when you're uh, listening to a podcast and you hear uh, your name and uh, then a question and uh, some discussion of your question or what have you. That's fun. That's good, clean fun. Uh, gives you that uh, little jolt. Uh, not to mention the fact that these two 
are very, very funny individuals. Uh, it's funny because uh, when I started listening uh, way back when, there are 200 and change episodes in now, uh, I was unfamiliar with uh, J. Elvis Weinstein. Uh, I knew Andy Kindler from, uh, from stand-up, from, uh, who was always one of my favorite uh, uh, contestants on At Midnight, and you know, just sort of seen him around, I guess you would say. Um, however, after uh, listening to 200 Prolist episodes, I've uh, greatly uh, come to appreciate Mr. Weinstein's uh, uh, comedic chops as well. Uh, he is a, a comedy writer, uh, uh, stand-up, although uh, I think has a sort of debate whether or not he goes back to it, uh, sort of post-pandemic uh, reopening and such, which is uh, interesting to hear that sort of talk. Um, they're both a little, uh, crazy to, uh, certain degrees, which, uh, I can appreciate. Um, and I like it. it, it it's just, a, a, a the definition of, uh, sort of, uh, good old fashioned why I like podcasting. Basically, basically not to mention uh, a super, super funny and, uh, you know, just a good time. Why not? Speaking of good time on a podcast. Oh, I think I got... Yeah, I guess every episode is a podcast, technically, uh, in this particular internet intercourse, which is interesting. Uh, uh, next is a, a series of podcasts. Uh, how did this get played for the month of May? Did something called Super Mario, in which they talked of uh, uh, some good and some not so good uh, Super Mario related games. Uh, so that was a fun theme. Having been a, a Mario fan from uh, back in the day. First, uh, no, I actually did have an Atari 2600. Although, the funny thing about my, uh, that is I don't really remember like what games I, I had for it. I think a Pitfall? I think I might have had that. I really don't remember what I had for the, the Atari 2600. And I think potentially one of the reasons is because I spilt as a child... <laughs> vivid sort of memory of the spilt juice on it uh and it didn't work anymore uh which is bad and then i also seem to recall selling it at a garage sale <laughs> non-working uh which you know that's not very nice why would my parents uh, let that happen silly uh but i was going to say the first uh, uh console that i really sort of have a fond remembrance of is uh the nes um, it's the only console other than the 2600 I, I don't still have, uh, because I lent it to my sister and never saw it again. So, you know, that just goes to show you don't lend Nintendo entertainment systems to your sister because you'll never get them back. Sadness. Um, yeah, so uh, needless to say, because that was my first sort of uh, console interaction with, uh, uh, you know, I think it was probably Christmas, uh, the sort of quintessential uh, Mario Duck Hunt, uh, playing the shit out of that for hours on end. Uh, to this day, still, uh, you know what, this in particular, this uh, Super Mario, uh, made me want to uh, dust off uh, some of the old ones. I have Mario All-Stars currently uh, plugged in. I could play it right now if I wanted to, and I might. I might. Maybe I'll play it tomorrow, actually. Hmm. Anyways, uh, so that was a fun uh, a bunch of episodes, especially if you like Mario, so go check that out. 
Uh, moving on to D&D is for nerds. Ah, yes, uh, I haven't spoken of them in a little bit because I let a, a bunch of episodes sort of uh, build up, which is something I like to do with them in particular. Uh, and then, you know, you get a, a, a rainy day or a long drive, and then you have a bunch of those to listen listen to. It's a goddamn delight. Uh, it's a actual play D&D podcast. Um, the ones recently in which they are on the... Com- continent of chult have been particularly interesting um chult is a nasty place yeah you uh, you got to watch yourself there uh it, it's is interesting as well because they do it a little differently than probably what you are used to if you've listened to other actual play podcasts in that uh, there's a dm and only two players, which that right there is interesting. Uh, and also the DM is doing all the rolling, which is kind of a cool little thing. And he's got some tools that aid him in that uh, and, and some things to make it. Uh, I don't know the actual details. I was trying to figure out how I would do it like him. And I came up with some ideas where there's still interaction with the players. Like uh, he'll often ask the players higher or lower. And I don't really know how he's doing it. But a way I thought you could do that was. Um, instead of higher or lower, you would, uh, 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 do odds and evens. So say there's a task, uh, you want to open a, a, a door that's locked and you're picking the lock. Uh, so, uh, you roll for your player and they fail. Oh no. On the roll. Then you say to your player, okay, uh, did I roll, uh, an odd number or an even number? Now, if they get right, they succeed in picking the lock, but there is a um, compli- complication. And, and I think I've sort of taken this from Star Trek Adventures. So, uh, yes, you pick the lock, but uh, uh, it sort of made a loud screeching sound that uh, alerted the nearby guards. You know, just off the top of my, uh, my sunburnt head. Uh, yeah, I got to fucking... Well, we'll talk about that in, a, in the hidden segment. Oh... Uh, anyways, uh, and then if they guess wrong, um, either if you want to be a dick about it, it could just not happen or, uh, it didn't work and there's a complication, that sort of thing. Uh, just sort of trying to figure out how he does it. I'm not quite sure. Uh, I wonder if I could find that out, how I would find that out. (laughs) Uh, anyways, I, I highly recommend those. Uh, anyone's in Chults are, are just fascinating. Uh, uh, went through a sort of massive dungeon. Uh, uh, spent, jeez, had to have been like a dozen, no, probably not a dozen episodes, but a lot of episodes in this dungeon. Uh, working their way through a shit ton of puzzles. I think it is, is it the Tomb of Annihilation? It might be the Tomb of Annihilation. Um, I could be wrong. I, I, I don't actually know. Anyways, uh, moving on to a final thing for this particular internet intercourse, Critical Role Season 2, Episode 140, 140, the penultimate episode, as I have learned uh, as of yesterday. Um, So this was the uh, second to last episode. Um, I I saw yesterday, uh, and it's nice, I'm, I'm glad they posted it, just to let us know that the next episode is the last episode of this particular arc, which, uh, man, that's going to be so good. I, I got to do something special for that. I'm not quite sure what uh, yet, although it is seven hours long, so <laughs> maybe I'll just watch it after work, because how I normally watch it. Uh, we'll see, we'll see. Anyways, uh, uh, this second to last episode mostly... 
wrapped up the sort of final fight, at least what we could potentially uh, uh, assume is the, the final fight with the big baddie of the whole campaign, that sort of thing. Uh, so that's been fun. Uh, a lot of cool, interesting mechanics. Um, this is probably an episode in which if you don't care about the, the fighting in D and D probably not your favorite episode. Although, uh, you know, you know, th these are uh, professionals enough that they're going to mix in some of that, uh, sweet, sweet RP as well. Uh, what to say about it other than that? Oh yeah. I, I also wanted to make some final, uh, episode predictions. Now, the fact that it's seven hours long, actually... That makes me think there is going to be a fight in it. Like, seven hours without a fight seems unlikely. So, uh, I think maybe uh, 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 Liam's character... Oh, shit, I'm so bad with names. Um, there's going to be a fight with his sort of former mentor, torturer guy. Uh, and, and then I think we kind of have to go around and just uh, wrap up everyone's story to the degree of, you know what? I don't know what they did in the first arc in the final episode. Like, did they go and wrap up everyone's story, uh, and, and to like a neat little bow or, or, or like, uh, something that's often fun, uh, you know, check in on these characters 10, 20 years down the road and see what they've done. That's fun as well. Uh, so we'll see, and I'm very, very excited. Uh, I'm sure I'll bring that back to talk about, and, uh, oh, shit. What is, oh, okay, what's, what's this? Ah, I see. Yes, a b -b -b bonus cleanup conversation. Interesting. Uh, so this is a sort of a, a, I thought would be maybe a little taste for post episode 600 in which uh, 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 I spoke a little bit about it, but uh, we'll talk about it more when the actual episode happens. Uh, going to be no more segments. Still probably going to talk about some of the same things I talk about. Uh, I'm not really going to uh, post the episodes around. Like, uh, I would post them on uh, Facebook. I would post them on Reddit. I would post them on Twitter. Uh, I think that's about it. Um, not really going to promote it at all. I'm just going to sort of... Uh, uh, I'm not going to have show notes uh, posted. It's going to be very, very bare bones. I got a very uh, bare bones opening and closing uh, uh, which I think is all of, you know, five seconds long or something like that. So, uh, it's just gonna, you know, get down to basically nothing where I can say whatever I want is the theory that I'm working under. Uh, so that's a sort of, uh, there's a little bit of a taste of that perhaps. Although also I should mention, uh, we're going to try things. We're going to do some experiments. We're going to, uh, you know, uh, I'm not putting anything in stone up to and in including the fact that I'm going to stop at episode 666. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Right now it's a plan. Plan might change. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do, basically, is what I'm saying. So, uh, you know, looking forward to that. Uh, uh, first, I uh, want to talk about, uh, uh, in this particular cleanup conversation, uh, for the first time since quarantine, spent like a day out 
uh, at a family gathering. Oh, uh, I'm half vaxxed. Uh, ditto the misses. Uh, some of my relatives fully vaxxed. Everyone, uh, I think, at, at least half. Uh, we did it outside, which was a, 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 a bit of a, a sticking point because uh, I was promised <laughs> because, you know, I listened to, I'm a goddamn madman. I listened to the science and what the experts say you should be doing. Um, a bit of a sticking point showed up uh, and everything was set up to be inside, likely because it was pretty uh, windy out and actually cold. It had actually snowed the day before. And this is in uh, August. No, no, August. I'm an idiot. This is in May. Still. Uh, 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 well, I guess it was it was in April. It was at the end of April. And it had snowed the day before. Uh, so while it was sunny outside, it was pretty cold because it was uh, windy as hell. Uh, I enjoyed it because I like it cold. Uh, everyone else, my mother, uh, you know, bundled up a little bit. Uh, so anyways, we arrive and everything's set up to be inside. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Okay, well, I'll be outside. <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, my mom uh, uh, had to uh, complain about that a little bit, of course. Um, but what the fuck? I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to, as I say, remove emotion, uh, listen to the science, uh, do what the experts say you should do. Uh, these should not be controversial things, but sometimes in these day and age, they are. Uh, got a horrible sunburn. I, I think it was a combination of the fact that it's cold. Um, uh, the fact that I haven't been basically outside in a year, uh, uh, and you know, dumbness, just, just plain dumbness. And it's not the worst sunburn I've ever had, but it's probably the second worst sunburn I've ever had. Uh, particularly my head and my arms. Like, uh, I, I definitely had, uh, after, you know, getting it and sort of looking into it, I had something called sun poisoning. Um, so I was like basically sick. My joints were killing me. That was the worst part, actually. Like all my joints just like, I guess like inflamed, uh, that first night trying to sleep, uh, I, I, I was like shaking, but I was like hot. So I had like a fever. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty bad. Uh, right now I'm in the uh, peeling stage, which uh, I'm sure you'll be happy to know about. <laughs> Not great overall. Uh, you know, wear sunscreen, even if it's cold, would be my uh, advice. Yeah. Despite that, I uh, had fun. I uh, had a, you know, delicious burger. Uh, we walked over to a church that was supposed to be haunted. Um, that's, I don't think it was sadness my uh, my nephew had a uh, sort of a, a one of those uh, ghost device detecting devices apparently you can buy on amazon uh <laughs> my cousin not a big fan of the whole endeavor of going to search for ghosts so that was funny uh all in all a lot of fun despite uh, you know some uh, relative uh, uh issues let's say yeah uh, all right, folks. So, uh, I guess that was an episode technically we're, you know, 34 minutes in, we did it. Yay. Even that leaves the final thing to say, which is always the final thing to say, which is of course, it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean, but you can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. 
you can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.